All of us here at Medic Materials are deeply saddened to report that this show's dear friend, New York State critical care technician Adam Kelly, 353-092, has received his final call on this earth July 4th, 2021. Critical Care Tech Kelly faithfully and passionately served the residents of Delaware and Broome counties for nearly 15 years. The residents he served and the providers that surrounded him are eternally grateful to him and his family for the sacrifices they made during his term of public service. The doors of his ambulance may have been shut on his life on this earth, but he has now become a guardian to watch over those providers he leaves behind to carry on his legacy. Rest in paradise, our brother. We have the watch from here. to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. All our current EMS providers and educators with a combined 30 years experience. Each month we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Hello and welcome everyone to the Medic Materials Podcast. My name is Mike Turek and we are here with Emily and no, <laughs> no. ding. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly's gone. Come on! I was gonna say her first, and then I was like, no, I can't forget Emily this time. Is, it, is that how we got Kelly the first time? Did you not hear how I got Kelly oh, last I heard, time? I heard. Yeah. So again, you I just was came looking... right out with it though. Like Kelly was your best friend. I was like, who's Kelly? Even I was like, who the fuck was Kelly? <laughs> Well, this episode is off to a shining start. <laughs> so we are actually here with paramedic intern Kelsey, Gerard as always, and we're back with Emily because I fired Kelly. <laughs> oh, Kelly did a great job. So did everybody. But, you know, I felt like uh, she just didn't give enough. So her heart wasn't there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so today we're going to do a, uh, a really interesting call review that uh, comes from literally the EMS crew from the Ninth Circuit of Hell. <laughs> like th this call is very interesting. Um, we're going to get to that right after Kelsey's rig check. And uh, we're doing one more of the uh, of the call reviews because all of next month we're going to have discussions. So I think this will round off like a good five in a row that we've done that are call reviews so we can get into some really good discussions in the month of August. So Kelsey, your rig check. So guys, we have officially reached over 640 subscribers on YouTube and we have over 650 friends in our Facebook group. So make wow. sure you check back every Friday at 2.15 for new educational EMS videos. Also, we're asking that you go check out our Teespring page to purchase some Medic Materials merch. And you can also support us by rating and reviewing our podcast on whatever streaming platform you listen from. We also are going to have a very special announcement in our next episode, August 1st, Rig Check. So get excited and check back on August 1st. And today we would like to shout out our listeners in India and Michigan. Gerard, you're being so I know, this so is quiet. very odd. It's so yeah. weird. Cool. <laughs> you're allowed to talk I'm now, you to realize. Myself. You don't have to behave yourself yet. 
It's when it, he's. It's when I start talking about the call. <laughs> but but only until they get on scene. Okay. Right. <laughs> so let's get that out of the way. <laughs> okay. And uh, this way we can turn to you and be like, "What's Gerard thinking?" So, uh, like I said, this this call is straight out of the Ninth Circuit of Hell. This uh, the system is a dense inner city EMS district with ALS transporting ambulances, staffed with one EMT basic and one paramedic. Um, because it's, you know, dense inner city, there are multiple area hospitals within a very close range uh, of this scene, the, uh, the closest being seven minutes away. The, uh, the dispatch comes out as a Charlie Priority or Priority 3 to a local multiple housing unit for a 30-year-old male mental health evaluation. City PD were also dispatched to the scene. Uh, EMS is told to stage until the scene is safe. Now, um, that's kind of like a fairly standard procedure in our area. Um, I would assume that it's fairly standard in a lot of areas. However, I've also worked city EMS where city PD's too busy. And yeah, it's great that they go and secure the scene, but they don't actually ever get there. They're doing other stuff. So um, they actually do make it. The EMS crew arrives nearby, stages approximately a quarter mile away from the scene. The uh, the city police arrive shortly after EMS proceed into the scene. There are three officers that arrive, and minutes later, dispatch is told EMS proceed into the scene as it's now secure. So EMS gets out of their truck, and they're approached by one of the PD officers. They're told that this is a regular subject that police deals with often at this location. The last time they were intoxicated and had to be wrestled by multiple police officers to the ground. Typically, this individual does not like police presence and becomes fairly aggressive when police get close to him. However, right now he's seated in the lobby of the building, fairly emotional. So I want to open up uh, to you guys. Does anything that this cop is saying to you guys concern you at this point in time. Volatility of the patient. Okay. I think it's like, I I think there's, that's like the major red flag at this point in time. Mm -hmm. You know, how are they going to act? You know, if I look like a cop, if I act like a cop, if there's cops near me, you know, is that scene that's safe now going to be safe in two, two minutes. minutes. Yeah. Right. Uh, so EMS enters the facility and they bring no equipment. They don't bring bags. They don't bring monitors. They don't bring anything. And they see the male uh, seated in a lobby chair against the wall, leaning over with his face buried in his hands. He appears to be crying and consi- like in considerable emotional distress at that point in time. Uh, and there's the other two officers standing approximately like 15, 20 feet away on the other side of the lobby. How, like, what are your guys' initial thoughts seeing seeing that type of presentation? Like, he doesn't appear aggressive, to me at least, with that. Like, if you're buried in, you know, your your hands are buried with your face, like. Yeah, sit down next to him saying, mind if I join you? Right. Like it doesn't. It doesn't seem like. Yeah. Oh, hey, I feel like you know, my hand in my face and crying. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, everyone needs a good cry, yeah, right? Company. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the EMT approaches and begins to just 
converse with him in a very straightforward, calm voice, almost soothing like. Uh, they introduce the MS crew and attempts to get any information that he can. The male lifts his head, still crying, and tells the EMT that everyone should just leave him alone and not care about him. Uh, that no one actually cares about him. <laughs> Me and Emily over here making sad faces. <laughs> and I'm already getting the freaking RMA paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, You're right. I don't care. (laughs) Here you go. Bye-bye. That's terrible. (laughs) But yet so many people probably would think like that. (laughs) You know? They're like, hmm. (laughs) Poor guy. Uh, The... uh, The EMT keeps trying to get, you know, any information that he can, uh, you know, from this guy. And he still is trying to keep this conversation very calm, very soothing, non-aggressive, like, you know, working with this patient. And um, he goes on and tells him, like, hey, we're here, you know, the EMS crew is there to care about him. Like, he's trying to... You know, console and build this rapport with this guy, which I think is is pretty good, right? Um, that they're there to listen, they're there to help him in any way that they possibly can. And um, meanwhile, while they're the EMT and this gentleman's having this conversation, the paramedic moves over to the police officers and attempts to just gauge any other information that he can out of them. And the paramedics told that the neighbor was the uh, initial 911 caller, and um, they heard him walking through the hallway yelling and screaming. Now, I'm assuming this is like a, a residential apartment building. That's kind mm-hmm. of what it seems like to me. And when the neighbor went outside the apartment and finally saw him, he's in the hallway, he's yelling and screaming, and he's punching walls, leaving mm-hmm. dents in walls for like no reason. And the officer also reported that uh, the neighbor, he told the neighbor that he took a full bottle of Tylenol in an attempt to kill himself. The officer then handed the paramedic an empty bottle of Tylenol. uh, And he said that, you know, he had said he ingested the entire thing, which is adding up all of the pills is around 9,000 or so milligrams of Tylenol. Yeah, there goes your RMA. <laughs> um, however, physically at this time, you know, he's alert. He's oriented times four. ABCs are completely like normal. There, There's no complaints of chest pain. There's no shortness of breath, no nausea, vomiting or abdominal pain. And you kind of see some non-bleeding abrasions to both hands around the knuckles. I'm assuming that's where he was punching walls. As well as you see some superficial scratches to the left side of his neck. Um, there, There's also what the EMT described as heavy scarring to both forearms, uh, probably in previous life attempts or self-mutilation or something like that. Um, so where are you guys like with this presentation, with how he's acting, with the, the new information from the PD officer? Like where are your guys' thoughts what do you guys want to do next? I mean, I'm I'm trying to gauge, I guess. Is this somebody I'm going to have to use sugar with or am I going to have to use uh, salt? You know, and it's it's kind of sizing up, you know, good cop, bad cop at this point. Like, you, you, we've all played the game. It's like, you know, some people, you can sweet talk them. You know, they just want their hand held and 
you know, when the ambulance you go, but then there's others where you you can't, and you got to freaking drop the hammer on them just to, you know, let them know who's the boss and this is what was what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the fact that he is alert and oriented. I mean, you know, is he a danger to himself and others right now at this moment in time? You know, could we make the argument? Probably not. I mean, maybe, but. He's shown at this time no aggression towards anyone right. on scene. I don't think he's a danger to others, but he's definitely a danger to himself. himself. Right. Yeah. So maybe I agree at this with point that. we could probably get PD to, I don't know how it is in other people's states, but we get PD to maybe say the choice of not going is no longer on the table. But with his history of not liking police, how's that going to go? Well, I mean, they don't necessarily have to tell him. They Just the fact that, hey, you guys are going to come with us and you're going to fill out all that nice little paperwork that says, you know, he is not, you know, he do, he's not making, able to make that decision anymore. Yeah. yeah, I I think definitely you know it's a it's a thin line between that good cop bad cop mm. because again we you know EMS at that point is the good cop. He's not aggressive with them. They don't want to like flip the switch yeah. and be like, hey, you're coming, let's go, shut up move on and then next thing you know he's like oh they're acting just like the police do right now i'm going to treat them and now and now next thing you know they're wrestling them to the ground trying to sedate them or something you know and and my emt right now seems to be building some kind of rapport with him so yeah you know what i'm i'm not going to interject myself unless i have to and i'll let him know what the game plan is and you know you sweet talk him whatever you got to do but uh stay with him you know yeah i i think it's definitely a this has the ability to escalate, yeah. but it's not now. So we need to be we need to be prepared for the escalation. But we're going to try and do everything, you know, in our power to mitigate that, you know, right. and and avoid that. So the EMT at this time is still speaking to him. the The male appears to be sobbing even more now, and he stands up uh, with the EMT as if to walk outside. The EMT tells his medic partner they're moving outside. Somehow in that conversation, he got him to agree, hey, let's go get checked out, let's talk to somebody, whatever he said. And he, the EMT looks at his medic and says, don't have PD follow us. Just stay over there, leave them be. PD stays inside, and both members of the EMS crew and the male patient walk outside get into the truck. No issues. He's positioned on the stretcher. He's secured with three seat belts. Awesome. Cool. And the EMS crew chooses not to use the shoulder belts that they have on their on their stretcher. So they have the, the generic, you know, three waist chest waist feet. feet. But they also have the, you know, the four-point harness to go over each shoulder. They choose not to use that. And Eventually, they they keep talking to him, and they get permission to do an initial set of vital signs. The guy goes, yep, cool. I I don't really care. So they hook him up to the pulse ox probe. The heart rate via the pulse ox is 97. Uh, They feel it really quick on the wrist. It's regular. SpO2 is 96. Respiratory rate's 18 and unlabored. And the BP via the auto cuffs, 132 over 81. So really, physically, this guy is... Fine. Like, if I was the medic on this scene, I'd be like, this is a BLS call all day long, 
right? Like we're in agreement there. Like I'm not missing something. No. No, um, and I, mean, I know every, he's the one that has the good rapport with right. him. Right, so yeah, I, I mean, and that's I would be too. really hard. I would I, fight for that to go BLS if I was that EMT. Yeah, and I mean, the only thing I would think that would make me want to be in the back would be the ingestion, you know, the the, the poison. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, they're the you know, my EMT is their best buddy now, so yeah. I'm not going to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, I think and, I think and realistically. What are You're not gonna do what are we going to do anything for no. the Tylenol overdose just anyway? Mon- just monitor. And that you kind know, of stuff. right. Yeah. You're going to throw them on the monitor. You're going to make sure that they're still alert, not lethargic. Yeah. EMT can do that. Absolutely. You know, so I, I'm, I'm with you. They have the built rapport. Let's keep it that way. So we need to do a little reference here. Their ambulance is a big box unit. Okay. And uh, the EMT is currently positioned on the bench seat. The paramedic is standing just behind the stretcher in between the captain's chair and the stretcher. One of the, P, uh, one of the PD officers then steps through the side door and now is standing on the top of the stairs behind the stretcher. And um, he just casually asks the EMT and the paramedic, hey, do you want me to ride with you to the hospital? Casually, no God. big deal. Oh, boy. <laughs> Patient overhears this though. Boom! There's the trigger. Right. <laughs> what part of wait outside and I'll Did come out to understand. you? Did you not right. understand? It's all, like if there's yeah. any cops be listening, the heroes. right? Like I feel like we're gonna badmouth cops really quickly here. Well, at in least that, they didn't Narcan him. That's true. Like they didn't fifty-two milligrams <laughs> right. of Narcan. Okay, here is gonna be my one. Are you gonna stick up? For I cops? am. How much training do you think they have on mental health? Even less than we do. Well, I'm, so they don't know. I agree with that. However, you ever look at how much escalation they cause at 100%. scenes? It's not even like mental health calls. Like Are just drunk any call? calls. But a like lot drunk of what calls they're taught is, oh, I'm here. I'm the authoritative figure right you know when we are scared or we need help we call the cops so that's they're there like hey are you guys okay right they're not thinking far enough ahead to be like oh this is going to trigger this patient to go ballistic right which i anticipate is coming (laughs) because it's when way too easy so far right stop resisting are going to come out you're like ninth layer of hell and i'm like man this poor guy just needs a ride right like he just needs a hand to to be held and go from hey buddy to taser 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 (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck just happened cops the cops yeah that's what happened (laughs) so as predicted when the patient hears this his mood completely changed from emotionally downtrodden to agitated pissed off and angry he begins to yell, curse, scream. He tries getting off the, the stretcher. And the EMT puts like tries to butt his way into the conversation in an attempt to like de-escalate right. everything, being like, we don't need them. They they can just leave. The medic tells the officer, just get out of the ambulance. Like, we don't need you. You're making it worse. Leave. The male's still yelling. He's pressing up against the stretcher straps. He's trying to now physically get off of the stretcher. And the EMT is now using a whole lot sterner tone. He's now going into the, hey, I need to make presence known. I'm going to be a little bit of a bad cop here. And telling him straight up, chill chill out. out. The cop's gone. 
We're not cops. Chill out. When he does this, um, it really doesn't much work. He's still trying to get up. So the medic intervenes and grabs him from behind, Ugh. pulls him into the no. stretcher. Mm. Mm. I love how you guys are like, eh. Oh. <laughs> get out of my space. Okay. I, I would have been grabbing my drug bag from behind. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> don't, see? don't put your hands on them. See, but this is, I feel like a lot of providers would do that. I like they so wouldn't think, hey, I can chemically restrain this guy with a little bit of Versed or maybe some Ativan if that's what they carry or ketamine or whatever. But they would go to, I need to physically restrain him. Right? Because that's what we do first. That's what our brain goes. Well, we need to hold them down. To what? The cows come home? Like, you're going to hold them until what? Because now you're I'm not both saying I would them. do it. I'm just saying I know providers. And there's no end in sight. Thing. I, my theory on this is, like, I am not an emotionally disturbed person. I am totally with it. Super calm. If you came up from behind me and put your hands on me, I would lay you out. Do mm-hmm. not touch me. And so imagine this guy's state. And now he's just getting grabbed from behind. That's mm-hmm. frightening. Yep. I, I, I like I'm it. with you 100%. I don't like it. I, I definitely <laughs> think this escalated the situation to where it didn't need to go. Let the EMT keep doing her thing, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting the drug bag. Yep. And and be prepared for that. You and, know, right. if, he, if he needs to take a little nap nap, <laughs> he takes a little nap nap. Yeah, I've done it before. I've, I've no, no bones about it. I tell the patient straight up, hey. If you continue down this path, I will sedate you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes it works, and they go, "Okay, well, maybe I don't want to be sedated. I'll just chill out." Mm-hmm. Other times, they get sedated. They get sedated, <laughs> and then he <laughs> takes big nap nap. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love how we use such technical, you know, medical terms here. I mean, is it not a big nap nap? Big nap nap. <laughs> so I got my syringe out and made patient go big nap nap. <laughs> Anything QI would like that one. Oh, that'd be hilarious for doc. Yep, gave five of Versed. Patient big nap. Three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Patient big big nap nap. nap. (laughs) That'd be awesome. So, um, so while the uh, the medic has control of the guy's shoulders and everything, the EMT goes and puts on those shoulder belts that they should have put on prior. But right. See, yes uh, and no. See, same but, reason for not wanting to grab. make the person feel restrained by grabbing them around the back. Sometimes, especially with with Sykes, you know what? And it all depends on the situation. But less for me, less is better. Like, because I, I know what it's like having a harness on, and mm-hmm. it's, it's you have a restrictive feeling because it's supposed to restrict you. Right. <laughs> you know? So I might I might give him a pass on that. Even in his state now. Oh, now. Well. Well, now we, like, no, now, right now we need to calm him down. So you probably, yeah, don't don't put the straps on. Okay. Interesting take. Yeah. Girls, are you with the straps? I think I would have tried for the shoulder straps. Right if the he's rip. if he's coming cooperative, be like, listen, you have to wear your seatbelt in the car. Yeah, you have to do it right here. I'm going to do it this. When they were calm. Exactly. And, yes. and just explain, it's not meant to right. restrict you. I'll, I'll like keep your arms free. But this is how it goes. But not now. When he's agitated and trying to get up. I feel like I, that's just I a good like way to get hit. Yeah, and I also think it's just I a waste agree. of time right now. Like, you're yeah. telling me he can't get out of the straps. Right. I think now you need now chemical restraints. For... But, okay. Or, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
the medic goes down Gerard's route, and as he's holding them, literally gives them the same ultimatum. Chill the fuck out, or take a big nap-nap, right? <laughs> You're going to get sedated. Using those right? words. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... We've kind of really covered, you know, EMS at this point in time making some bad moves, but they're also making some good strides to take care of the situation. More good than bad, probably. Yeah, I think so, too. So, surprisingly, the big nap-nap sedation works. And he says, okay, I don't want to have a shot in my arm. I'm cool, man. You're not the cops. Surprisingly, calms back down. <laughs> Medic tells the officer. It works with me. What? Yeah. Then again, I have a little bit more of a. I was like, you're a big, scary guy, though. Yeah. Demeanor. Maybe it's my braid me. that doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to see this with Kelsey on the internship. When one she's day. the one giving the big nap nap? Yeah. When <laughs> she's I'm like, threatening it. Yeah. When she's like, I'm going to sedate you if you don't shut up and sit down. I'd love to see that. It'd be hilarious. Hi, sir. Can you guys <laughs> shut up and sit down? Or the I'm voice is not that. You You're going to give me no <laughs> choice. <laughs> Excuse calm me. down for me. I need you to enhance your calm. <laughs> oh, it'd be a... F- yeah, that would oh, be, no, a, that'd first, be hilarious. The first day she drops a, like a wicked... Like, like if you don't chill the fuck out, <laughs> I'm going to fucking sedate you. Hey, I stopped at a wedding planner. I, I, I want that on tape. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I'll have Did to. I just say tape? <laughs> wow. All right, Grandpa. All right, let's move on. Uh, so. <laughs> get my 8-millimeter camcorder out here. Seriously. Maybe we can get it at the, on the cop's little chest cam that they wear. Yeah, I'll have to get the Sanyo. <laughs> so the medic tells the officer who's outside of the truck to just follow the ambulance in their own car. They're not needed. Everything's cool. They're just going to go. Why? I'd still have them follow. Why? You're seven minutes away. Oh, seven minutes? Yeah. You're um, inner city. Why is like why are the cops yeah, falling? No, I'm I'm all right. I don't know, because they asked. Oh, okay. I'm still thinking like, you know, where, where I have, you know, forty East minutes to go. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. You're 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 fine. You can guarantee the cops are not gonna follow you if you're forty minutes away. Yeah. I've made them. <laughs> it's funny with the psych where the wheel fell off the ambulance and hit the police car <laughs> that was following us. <laughs> I mean, that's a story. And, and everyone thinks I'm joking, but no, that's, <laughs> I can't make that shit up. Yep. So, so the EMT tells his medic, let's just start heading to the ER. Let's go. Medic gets in the front. Transport begins. EMT moves to the captain's chair as they believe there's a safer position for the ride, as well as they can start looking up information on their company's computer system because right now they have a name and that's it. Like, they have no medical history, nothing. I'm guessing he's in the system. I'm assuming (laughs) this guy is probably in the system. Yes. Wild guess, you would be correct. So the EMT is able to pull up medical history. Um, So this guy has schizoaffective disorder, multiple suicide attempts, and ideation, depression, substance abuse. Question. Yes. Difference between schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder. Oh, we'll get there. That's, oh, in my, that's oh, okay. my educational notes for okay. the end of the show. Um, Is he on his meds? Again, we don't know. Yeah, Tylenol. Uh, yeah. yeah. And a whole lot of it. And a whole lot of it. <laughs> See, it should have been Excedrin because then it could have made the, you know, he must have had a headache this big joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can we do the math? What's 9,000 divided by 200? 
too much. I, I, right. Like, a I want to know how many pills that is. Like, that's a lot of fucking pills. How many are, it was like 100 in a bottle, No, was, right? it, was it like extra strength? That's 500. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah so it right? would be 45 if we were not extra strength. But isn't a normal 250? So do 9,000 divided by 250. I thought normal Tylenol was 200. Or that's ibuprofen. That's Never mind. 36. Ibuprofen. It's 250 because you yeah. take two normal to get extra get strength. And that's yeah. 500. 36 Tylenols. Or that's if we had still, that's, that's a commitment. That you know, is a commitment. If we only had extra strength, we'd only take 18. But that's still, that's still even a commitment. Yeah, that's still yeah, a lot. Like, that's a lot. That's, that's too much of a commitment for me. <laughs> Not worth it. Not, Not worth, worth it. it. So, uh, There's better ways of doing it. Meds, meds are actually kind of interesting. Um, he's on three meds. Naproxen, Gabapentin, and Depakote. And no allergies. Exactly. Depakote can be a mood stabilizer. That's like it can Depakote. be a mood stabilizer. So that does make sense. Okay. So and, and that's and usually. I mean, it's weird that there's no like antidepressant, yeah, but like, for the schizoaffective disorder, they put you on a mood stabilizer. Yep. Okay. Right. Yep. Yeah, and that's why I thought this was kind of interesting because like the naproxen and the gabapentin, they're like one's an NSAID and one is like yeah. a nerve pain reliever. It's like, what is it, like, you know, an epileptic kind or? of drug. Yeah, but doesn't gabapentin? So, potentiate the effects of the Depakote? I honestly don't know. That is something that okay, is beyond I'll, my scope listen, of knowledge. Listen, I'll come back at the end of the episode and see if what I can find. So we're going we're gonna to continue. Patient is now calm. He's apologizing to EMS. He's saying, I'm sorry, over and over and over. It's a good right? sign. He's not even allowing the EMT to get a word in. He is just constantly saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He then begins to scream, you should have just left me there. You should have just left me there. You should have just left me there. Over and over and over. And then he lifts his left arm. And he begins to, like, bash himself on the left side of his head. And as the EMT moves from the captain's chair back over to the bench seat thinking, okay, now they're going to have to either like physically restrain him from striking himself or, you know, they're going to have to call the medic back to chemically restrain him. They see a crimson spray fly across the back of the ambulance. Oh, fuck. Somebody had something that wasn't searched. And now they see that when he was striking himself, he was striking himself with a set of keys. Yeah. There it is. And now he's got multiple lacerations to the left side of the neck. Puncture wounds with lacerations, arterial spray. So I'm going to stop here. Tourniquet. (laughs) (laughs) Pressure maybe instead. I'll stop here and go, well, plot twist. Initial thoughts. I couldn't have left it this easy for you guys. Like, knew something was coming. Can we get a wet bandage on it? Oh, please no. <laughs> I mean, the bandage would get wet. It's going to be wet. <laughs> How far out are we? You're still, <laughs> you are still a few minutes. He's going to be dead if you don't do something. Is he going to let you? Do they, does he let them bandage this? I would say probably not, right? I mean, what are you really going to eat? I think just- first, first step would be get him sedated. Because I don't think, I don't think he's going to let us do anything, any kind of life-saving measure or anything at all. No? I don't think he will. 
So do, and you know what? Honestly, even if you will, I'm not taking the chance anymore. We're done. We're stopping the ambulance. I'm getting out. You're getting Versed, and then we're going to fix the problem and keep moving. But at the same point, by the time Versed works, he's dead. That's true, too. Accommodate. Give him something. Even him that. Knock him down. He's dead. Like, by the time you pull over, by, like, get your meds this out. Is, this is one of those things, like, it's arterial spray. Arterial spray lasts for well, like would, thirty I seconds. Hope my EMT is holding pressure. They 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 are shocked and appalled at. Okay. Ooh, look, blood on the wall of the ambulance. The first EMT hold pressure. Yeah, I mean, first they need to hold pressure. And don't you think so? If if, if this guy is so, in my head, you know, yes, this guy clearly wants to be dead. But clearly, still, yeah, but that's not your decision. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying. Clearly, he wants to be dead. It's not like I'm going to sit there and let him die. However, he tried. Then he figured out a different way of going about his initial plan. When the first one apparently didn't work well enough. Do you think there might be like an oh fuck factor? Like, you know, there's there's always that um, that change in mentality from I really, 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 really want to kill myself and I'm going to jump off the bridge. And then I jump off the bridge and I'm like, fuck, that was a yeah. really bad Every, idea. Everyone that I've ever heard that has done something like that. And they, they always say the same thing is that that last moment when their hand left the rail is when they realize they fucked up. Right. So yeah. do you think that possibly this guy now could have been like, oh, that was a mistake? It depends on what, I mean, is he still trying to swing this thing? His and where's his and mental state? If he's schizoaffective and he's not on meds or any sort of mm -hmm. psych and he's not on meds, is he thinking the same as? As somebody else. Right. Right. With a normal mentation. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I like the thoughts. So... Making me laugh. Goodness, I'm trying to find where I am. <laughs> As Gerard is sitting there going, I still don't know what I want to do yet. I'm just trying, I'm, I'm going through my head and which... Would it be quicker just to drive that, fast? That would solve the... I don't want him still swinging that that weapon. I mean, if he loses Restrain enough blood, him. he's not swinging. Yeah, but if he's not... Restrain him. Okay. How much blood has he lost, though? I bet you he's still not swinging. Well, and that's it. So, so let's. This one actually works out fairly well for the EMT in the back, right? Now, this won't happen with everybody. However, this guy has the hand off the ledge kind of moment in that it immediately he almost drops keys and grabs his own neck. Oh, great. Right? So, that's a bonus. Right. Oh, so, he's helping. Just keep doing that. Just keep doing yeah. that, right? The. The EMT sits there, sees uh, two to three uh, what looks to be like tearing lacerations around the left side of his neck. EMT yells to the paramedic, pull over, get in here. We have big problem. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was actually quoted, but probably I would think that's totally what I would say. Like, big problem. Um, and... Um, and they pull over, medic gets in the back, EMT, while they're pulling over, gets gloves on and begins holding direct pressure on the wounds. Just slaps a hand in there. And medic, once they get in, gives their partner a few uh, quick clot bandages, the little like four by four quick clots, and says, here, hold direct pressure with these things. And 
Now the officer steps in. I was like, I'm waiting for the policeman. Because now they're like, why are these guys stopping? And the medic, surprisingly, I think this was a, a, a fairly smart move on their part, goes, hey, get in the front, drive us priority mm-hmm. one to the hospital. Like, you can lock up your car. We need you to drive. I think that was a, a fairly yeah. smart, yeah. really intelligent move on their part. Yeah, we Shanghai firemen all the time. Right. Why not a cop? Yeah. Right. And uh, <laughs> and I would I would trust the cop over like the fireman that might do three calls a year to drive priority <laughs> one in the middle of the city. You know, so that's just my take. Now, bear in mind, the drive is still approximately three minutes to this whatever hospital they're going to. Transport begins, priority one to the hospital, and there is still profuse bleeding coming from the wounds on the neck. The patient's still trying to grab the EMT's hands in a more frantic manner than aggressive. Like, they're freaking the fuck out at that point in time. Um, Which is valid. It's like a a drowning person. Right. Right. Medic places oxygen via non-rebreather on the patient, sets it to 12 liters per minute. And then tells the EMT that they physically need to plug the holes if they can. And the EMT kind of just looks at them, but doesn't really understand what the heck they're asking them to do. Finger in the dike. Right? And the medic literally looks at them and goes... The kind that holds water back. Get your minds out of the gutter. (laughs) Please. I'm offended. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So, um, Gerard's completely accurate. I, I mean, I was in thinking the fact like, of, like the medic literally tells them, "Take your finger, stick it in the hole, and apply pressure to the source." Like finger hole plug dam. Yes, you can say anything dirty nope. you want. Right, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Being good. Now it's torturous, but I'm. You want the gold star through. for the day? I, I'm going for it. <laughs> the smiley face. Oh, is it scratchable and sniffing? Oh, <laughs> like, it smells is it? like snozberries. Hmm? <laughs> so, in a way, this is kind of, sort of stepping out of protocol for these guys. But Sticking at your si- finger in a hole? Well, you're not ever taught, like... You're controlling bleeding. You're controlling bleeding, I think it's a great idea. I've done this on patients. However, you're never really taught. Like, this is battlefield type medicine. Like, you know, yeah. the, 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 um, it, it reminds me of like the scene. I know these girls won't, won't understand, but you'll get it. Black Hawk down when they're trying to get the femoral artery. Right. And they literally reach in, grab, grab it, the artery. and say, yeah. I'm going to hold this here yeah. to try that and movie. stop the bleed. Oh my fucking God. Hold the- what? All right, you got to put a sound effect in here. <laughs> I've seen that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Think of worse movies to have her exposed to. That's so true. It was a good movie. That's true. It was a good movie, especially when Orlando Bloom fell and then was not in the rest of the movie. I giggled my ass <laughs> off. So did I. <laughs> you fucking useless trash. So, anywho, um, 
So, you know, I feel like this is a, a really good choice that the medic wants to do. I actually met Michael Durant, by the way. Oh, yeah? Continue. That's Sorry. cool. Um, sidebar. Sidebar. <laughs> sidebar to the sidebar. Um, however, this EMT chooses not to follow these orders because they're uncomfortable with this direction. And instead, they grab five by nines, slap it on top of the quick clot, try and put as much pressure on. Now they're holding it with both hands. And now they're just strangling the poor guy. No, no, not like this. <laughs> Like one hand, one hand, <laughs> one side, and one hand on the left side. You just got to be double for that kind of action, cut. <laughs> so I have a question. Yes. What are the chances somebody strokes out from something like this? I just don't want them to bleed out right now. Yeah, well, I no, I understand, but I like, don't care about their stroke about status shit. at this point. Well, <laughs> I'm more worried about airway and them like literally hemorrhaging and extanguinating to death. I understand that, but like. Not supposed to like if you check for a crowded pulse, you're not supposed to hold for too long to make sure they don't stroke out. Don't worry, you still have blood flow on the other side. Yeah, yeah, that's why we have two. Okay. And again, I'm way more concerned with the profuse amount of blood that they're losing than a stroke. Than a stroke at that I point mean, in time. Yeah. Maybe you know there's a clot that forms that might give them a stroke two days later if for some crazy miracle this guy lives, but. No I'll, I'll, I'll let the doctors cross that bridge. I was going to say, that's a hospital on. problem. Yeah. Right. So um, as as the EMTs holding pressure, they're they're noticing that the, the neck wounds are literally soaking the bandages as fast as they can replace them. So we have a wet bandage. Now. So we now <laughs> have an official wet bandage. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no! But at least they know why it's there. Fair. That is true. Like, and why it's wet. And, and why, it's, why wet. it's wet. Right. So the medic <laughs> begins to assess the rest of the airway and neck because airway control at this point is iffy. Iffy. <laughs> right. Um, the patient's begin to spit out some blood. The medic suctions it with a Yankauer, allows him to, you know, spit it into a basin or whatever. And his breathing becomes very rapid, very shallow. There appears to be like no subcutaneous air found in the neck, uh, which is a really good thing. Yeah. And they're starting to notice that like right here on the on the jawline, right underneath like the left front of the jaw, um, there is a large uh, area of swelling <sighs> starting. So they're bleeding internally, but they're not hemorrhaging air which is a good thing um he's now become completely unresponsive he's pale in the arms he's pale in the uh the hands and the head his spo2 on the monitor has gone from like 96 to 85 his heart rate is now down in the 50s via the pulse ox and the respiratory rate has dropped to barely countable at that point in time um Medic decides, I'm going to drop an OPA. This guy takes it like a freaking champ, which I'm intrigued at your guys. Do you think OPA is warranted? NPA is more warranted in this? I think OPA is fine. It's I, I'm not disagreeing with it. I just, I know there's a lot of personal preference. I think, I mean, he took it like a champ. So yeah, at this I point, mean, I just want to get there. You just, right. Yeah. And literally maybe they have a minute left minute and a half before they get there 
Um, OPA is dropped, and he takes BVM ventilations connected to high-flow oxygen, and he's stopping every few seconds to actually suction out this guy's airway, right? Because we don't want to just plop <coughs> all that back, back in, right, yeah. blow all that shit back in. So it, it should be noted that there's still bleeding, However, there's no more arterial spray. There's no, like, super profuse river. It's now more of, like, a steady stream under the bandages. That makes sense. I mean, they're okay? running out of blood. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was saying is how much have they lost? That's not have we gotten thing. a new set right. of vitals? Yeah. Right. Hey, hey oh, bleeding's stopping. Well, it, it's going to do that there's eventually. Nothing, yeah, right. all bleeding stops at some <laughs> point. Exactly. So he's dropped off to the ER. He's still bleeding upon arrival to the ED. Okay. Update. They made him um, wait an hour in the bay, right? <laughs> not, in, not in this. <laughs> yeah, right. Triage. Um, so as as we can more or less defer from this, it did not end well. Um, he sadly never actually made it to the operating table. Um, lost too much blood. Didn't have the reserve to hold until the MD staff could actually stop the blood. Um, so I, I kind of want to gauge your guys' thoughts. It's this one's kind of like that that really tough one of a kind psych call that some providers will see, some providers will never ever get to see this ever in their lifetime. Like, what's your guys' kind of main takeaways from the overall call? This is this is a call that, and, and again, I had to learn it the hard way. Um, but it's why whenever I have a psych and we're going to roll with them, the cops are going to search them before they go in my ambulance. Mm-hmm. I have them searched every freaking time. But would that have made things worse in this situation? I, I don't care. So that brings the other point that I was going to say, actually, is hindsight's twenty twenty. So obviously we know the outcome of this call. So I, it's yeah. easier for me to say this, but on every single... It's like, call it crosses my mind. The second that you get to the point where I'm like, oh, I need more resources, you're going to go in, in soft restraints. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Because that you yeah. already have proven. Right. That I right. don't trust you right now. And if you are not listening, then you're going to go in soft restraints until you can listen. Now, that doesn't mean like when they go in soft restraints, 10 minutes, and then I'm going to start to evaluate if they can come off. That doesn't mean that he couldn't have done this right. 10 minutes past this. Say, Look, trust is right. built. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in these. This is for my safety. Trust. Right. You show me you're gone good behavior and, right. you're, and you're good to go, they come off. Yep. But I can tell you, like, when he started to freak out when the cop was there, I put it, I, me personally probably would have been in, in right restraints, restraints yeah. and we would have been to the hospital before he came out of them if you're seven minutes away. Right. Yeah. It, and, and again, hindsight right right is but you know think Monday about quarterback, yeah. it is what it is but you know it's definitely something for people that listen to take note of is like hey you know this might not be the outcome on every single psych patient most of the psych patients that we do are fine you know we go we talk to them they need a hand they, ride, they, they need a hand hold and we deliver them with no issues and even the ones right? that need a little bit heavier hand Right. Uh, you know, it's always you use it sparingly and then you go right back into de-escalation mode. Mm-hmm. All right. It's like, hey, I just had to, you know, maybe yell at you or something, get you, you know, snap out of it, tension getter. And then, OK, now I'm, I'm going to be back to trying to be your friend as much as I can. Right. You know, otherwise we go to the black bag. Well, and that's it. You know, like, mm-hmm. do you think 
it, was there, you know, patient care wise, other than, you know, possibly restraining or sedating earlier? It's a golden baby, man. I think this was just one of those things where yeah. they, it seemed like they had it, you know, it almost got away from him and then they got it again. So, right. of course, now you're more confident. Hey, I can bring this guy back from the ledge. Right. We're good. I think if they just would have thought of, you know, having someone pat him down before, right. this would have never, he would have went to the hospital. Things would have been fine. Right. It was just one of those things where he he snapped again. Only this time, you know, he had something that he could use to hurt himself with. So. Yeah. Especially in this case, if the EMT does have that great of a rapport, like you could even be like, "Listen, like I need you to empty your pockets yeah. for me. Turn mm-hmm. them inside out for me. Mm-hmm. We're gonna put it all right here. You can have it back when right. we'll stick in a bag for when you get Golly, to the hospital." I, I may, I, I'm not gonna lie, but I, I, I may, you know, be like, "Hey, I want to make sure I have all your stuff in order because." The hospital will probably freaking lose your shit, dude. Right. So just let's just get all your stuff out. We'll blame somebody else. We'll You're not really. wrong. But, but, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm not lying. You're not lying. But, you know, it's like, no, and, and it's a good excuse that they'll more than likely buy. And right. I, you know, I've, I've used it before. Like, hey, we need to get all your stuff. You know, tell me you need to take an inventory you know. so yeah. that you know what you have here, and they can't lose it. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I gotta write it down so when the hospital loses it, it's not on me. Then you can sue yeah. them. People love money. Right. People do love money. I like money. <laughs> Who doesn't like money? <laughs> so um, you would ask Kels about the schizoaffective versus the schizophrenia, right? And Did we find about potentiation? Yeah, so I was wrong oh, on that. They I'm use sorry. it for mania. I'm sorry, for mania. I didn't mean, for to, mania. didn't mean to step on you. Okay. No, you're allowed to step. It's no, okay. No, I'm no, taking you're... a step back. <laughs> now I'm going to so. take a step forward. And now you're, you're right back where you are. <laughs> two, <laughs> two steps forward, one step back? <laughs> no, because then... So he would still be one step back. No, two steps forward, one step back. One he step forward, s- two steps back. Wait, what's the no. song? I'm moving <laughs> on. Moving on. Anywho, so Lombada. <laughs> so schizoaffective versus schizophrenia. So both are chronic, serious medical, like mental health disorders. Um, typically, the schizophrenia is labeled with patients who have uh, hallucinations or delusions. Whereas the schizoaffective um, patients also have delusions and hallucinations, but they have drastic mood swings. So they have like the mania and the depressive mania. Like they gotcha. they flip flop between anger and sadness and anger and sadness and like it's kind of like they took bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and put it together. Gotcha. It's schizoaffective. That's a fabulous way of thinking about it. I was thinking yes. that, which is why they go on like mood stabilizers as opposed to anti-hallucinogens yes. right yeah. because schizophrenia is really more the hallucinations and that kind of thing where schizoaffective is more of the mood stabilizing right gotcha yeah. Uh, yeah one of the things i was chewing on before that you know where you actually like physically see me my brain was working and oh thinking, it was smoking you know <laughs> it, it gets harder to do was as, it crimson red yeah no it was the vape but uh, <laughs> it was the vape <laughs> Was but, that the big cloud that yes, appeared around? Yeah. Okay. No, the because uh, I was thinking back to literally my, I don't even know why I even remember it, but maybe, hey, here's something y'all can write in about. Do y'all remember your first med administration? Because I remember mine. And I don't mean in the hospital, I mean in the field. Ketamine. I, my very first, nope. Versed. Nope. Fentanyl. No. <laughs> We're just naming things. <laughs> Cortisone. Hey, no. No. No, it was... Haldol and 25 Benadryl. That's like 
It's, it's the EMS version of a B fifty two. Right, it's it's like a B one B. It's not quite a B fifty two, but you know we can still bring the pain. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It was an eighty year old lady in a nursing home in a wheelchair who found her Aww. way into the kitchen in, in the cutlery. Oh, oh shit! God. She was swinging. She was swinging. I mean, oh, good for her. I get there, this little old lady. She's just like you know, every. I mean, she was using words like. I don't use. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you could put those two together. Wow, that's some good shit. You know? And, uh, and we called the doc, and I was, I was, you know, on as a medic, but I was still writing as a second medic, you know, getting, you know, the wind beneath my wings and all that shit. And, uh, it's very cute. Yeah, and it was, you know, the, the medic I was with comes back, he's like, all right, and Drop 25, because he was on the phone with the dice. Like, yeah, drop 25 of uh, Benadryl and 5 of Haldol and give it I am. And I'm looking and she's still swinging this fucking knife. And I'm like, <laughs> How am I supposed right. to get that? Where's, where's my blow dart gun? <laughs> so I started sweet talking her, you know, a little bit. Hey. Did you tell you liked your curse words? Well, uh, did you use your pilot voice? Maybe I did. I think you used to. But I, I, I scooted around I in could front see of her, got, got down on one knee. I said, hey, you know, put my hands up in the air and. You know, I'm not going to say with what the I, syringe. Yeah, with the needle behind <laughs> your fingers. I'm just going to give it to you. I had my partner holding it, and he was still behind her. And I, I kind of like, you know, look at me. Look, hey, a decoy. You duped her. I, I said, hey, you know, I know you've got it because I, I was getting, I got her medical history from the nurse while she was still interacting <laughs> with the police, and. Uh, no, and it was. I found out she had like AFib, and so I said, hey, you know, honey, I know you have a heart condition. I'm not here, you know, I'm not with the cops. I just want to make sure you're okay. Can I take your blood pressure and make sure that, you know, your heart's okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> She's got the knife. Right. Pulled, uh, pulled out the blood pressure cuff. I put it low and then reached back, grabbed the syringe from my partner, stabbed the shit out of her. <laughs> I thought you were my friend. <laughs> well, you thought wrong. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> we're here all week. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. My first med administration. <laughs> okay. All right. So with with that, I want to. I just want to slide into um, but blood the, volume. But that was the point I was trying to make. What I was chewing on was there was an alternative to like full sedation. We could have yep. maybe gone that route. Maybe got on a phone Small or something nap like nap. that. Yeah. Little little nap nap or just a little just to kind of little nap nap versus a big one. Not make them so you know. Wanting to do themselves harm and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And it's something that was completely overlooked here. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it, this was like explained to me as they were going full sedation. Like, we are going to knock you out. Yeah, and that's know? the thing. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, it's, hey, it's either full sedation or nothing. Or none. And it's like, yeah, it's all right. or nothing. Oh, man, Benadryl does Benadryl's make everybody groggy. Oh, beautiful. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful drug because mm -hmm. if you just need someone to, you just got to just take them down a little bit. You don't need to put them out. You just got to take them down. And one of the people I've noticed that uh, one of the people, but one of the type of people that I've I've used this on was is um, special needs like uh, MR, mm -hmm. Down syndrome, stuff like that. They don't understand that you're there to help them. Right. And if they're not feeling good, they're pretty angry and they have, you know, aggressive tendencies. Yes. Aggressive yes. tendencies. And yeah. they're very strong. Oh, yeah. So. Rather than just putting them completely out, I've done it, I think, three times where I've just given them Benadryl. I'm going to give you a quick shot and blah, 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 and then I'm going to walk away. You'll never mm -hmm. see me again. Okay. There you go. 
Technically, they don't see me again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's not lying. Don't, ever lying. <laughs> don't lie to your patients. Except for when you're going to stab me, me in the arm. You're, you'll be dead. <laughs> so um, I just want to touch base on uh, just blood volume in general, right? So normal healthy adults will have somewhere between 4.5 and 6 liters of blood in their body at one point in time. Um, that for us Americans is 1.2 to 1.5 gallons of blood. Um, with the arterial hemorrhage, the patient will typically have the you know classic arterial spray for only about 30 seconds. And then it normally turns to that steady river stream of blood. Um, and think like the heart ejects roughly 70 mls of blood per beat right and arterial bleeds depending on where they are can eject anywhere from 70 to 100 mls of blood per heartbeat so that's a lofty large amount of blood that we're ejecting very quickly um to put it in like perspective, a completely severed radial artery can render unconsciousness in a mere two minutes with death following very shortly thereafter. And remember that like if you lose 40% of your blood volume, you are in irreversible shock. Like without a significant intervention, you're dead. So this guy, you know, lost a considerable amount of his blood volume in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, even um, if they kept rolling, I mean, it there still would have been time for like vascular to get there and do anything. There was no, nobody could do anything. I don't. I mean, you, no. just, you would just keep pouring fluid into him, and that's about it. Right. I mean, notice um, this medic, you know, went straight to airway. Yeah. Right, and didn't be like, "I need to replace this with fluid. Let me get an IV." No, fuck that. Right. Like, we're going to do A and C. That's it. And then. B failed, so he went A, B, and he they literally just did A, B, and C. A, B, and C. That's it. You know? So the last thing I want to touch on is neck injuries and airway, right? Treat it aggressively. This, mm. this medic suctioned. Suctioned that aggressively. Like, they were in there ready with the Yankower. We're going to get all this stuff out. If they can drool it out, spit it out, because they're conscious enough— let them do that. Let them self-suction if need be. But get that, you know, stuff out of there. Um, look for that sub-Q emphasis or the sub-Q air. Yeah. Um, you know, are they building up air pockets within the neck, right? We, we can look at that and go, okay, now we have tracheal damage right. as well as vascular damage, right? Be prepared to intubate these people. Like, if it wasn't a seven-minute drive, this guy might have been intubated because he's completely losing his airway. Now he's unconscious, unresponsive. Why not drop a tube in him? Um, but remember that you were, you now have a bloody, messed-up airway. So your landmarks and in intubation become that much more important. You're you're going to be able to sit there and maybe just see bubbles in the airway. That might be what you're aiming at, right? It's not always the best way, but you're looking at all those right. other landmarks to make sure that you're putting a tube in the right spot. Have you guys, I know most of you have heard of salad 
for intubation. Salad is one of those things that like medic school doesn't really teach the salad maneuver. Um, you know, being able to literally take the yank hour and stick it in the esophagus while you're in there with the laryngoscope and you're suctioning the airway as you're intubating is an amazing maneuver to be able to manage these airways. Um, so don't be afraid. Go in with, don't go mm. in with a video scope. If they have a big bloody airway, go in old school, go in manual. You take your blade, you go in still, you know, right to left and you take your yank hour and you put it in right into the esophagus, bury it in the esophagus, mm -hmm. sit it on the bottom left corner of your view yeah. and just let it sit there and let it do its work. And then you can intubate from the right and do everything like that, just like you normally would. So those were the things that I wanted to touch base on. Do you guys have anything before we wrap this up? Not really. I think we, I think I think we, I think we hit, hit a lot of points. Did you have any more questions? That's all I got for questions. Okay. So guys, we will see you in August. Remember, there's going to be a huge announcement in uh, Kelsey's rig check uh, on August 1st, as well as a ginormous big surprise for the discussions for August 1st and August 15th. So we will see you then. Ginormous. I don't know what Ginormous. Is. Yeah. Oh. Donuts. Oh, yeah, donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more information on the podcast or to send us a call to review, visit medicmaterials.com forward slash podcast. To learn more information, like us on Facebook at Medic Materials EDU or watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.